Welcome to the Collecting Keys Friday Focus. What is going on, guys? On this episode of the Collecting Keys Friday Focus, we have a very special case study with one of our instant investor members here, Dylan Cook. So if you are new to these on the occasional Friday Focus, we do a deep dive into a deal from either someone in our community or just an investor who we thought had a great story. And they come on and they tell us a real real estate deal. Not like the fluffed up podcast numbers you hear on bigger podcasts and other things, but this is what real estate actually looks like for a real operator. And we are going to dive in and look at what, you know, what exactly went down here. So Dylan, man, I appreciate you coming on today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So how this works is we have five fixed questions that we go through and it will give us the full story about this deal that you did. So question number one, what kind of property was this deal? Single family home. Single family home. Simple. I like it. How did you find it? It was a direct mail lead. Direct mail lead. Okay. What list was it on? Um, it would have been high equity absentee. Okay. And basically the seller had not been in the house in years and had squatters inside of it that he didn't want to take care of. Cool. I mean, that's trademark motivated selling right there. I love it. Cool. Do you remember how many times you'd reached out to this person before they uh, contacted you? Um, I think it was our first direct mail piece, okay. but it took several months of follow-up to actually get them to engage in a conversation that was worth moving forward on. Exactly. All about consistency and follow-up. That's 90% of the business people tend to ignore. All right. So you already give some details about the seller, but I guess absentee owner, is this someone that, I don't know, were they like an older person? Are they someone that inherited the property? Like what was it? Profile of the seller was he owned it for a long time. He had one of those guys like, like Northern Kentucky, like good old boy owned like 10 rentals, but you never know it if you talk to him. Yeah. And eventually he got to the point where he did, he was kind of a slow more, to be honest. Like he didn't uh-huh. want to have anything to do with the house. He didn't upkeep them. Um, these people moved in and he really wanted to get rid of it. He's like, I don't care really how much I make on it. He didn't owe anything on the property. So cool. anything was kind of a win for him at that point. Okay. Perfect. Easy enough. All right. So what's the story with the deal? So because of the squatters, we really couldn't get inside the house, right? But we kind of used that to our advantage when we were negotiating the house. I bet ARV on this place was probably 100, 115. uh, It's a small town called Covington in Northern Kentucky. We got it contracted for $20,000, right? We bought it, sight unseen, and uh, we filed the eviction to get the squatters out. So we're there on the set out day, right? Because they didn't get out prior to, to the eviction. Sheriff shows up, they start moving um, this guy out of the house. And next thing we know is they're bringing out a large pig out of this house. <laughs> I was going to make a really rude comment about the guy's wife, but I don't want to go down that route. <laughs> yeah, no, no. There's <laughs> a legit like farm pig that rocks out of this house. And the sheriff comes out and basically like, have you been in here? And I'm like, no, why? He's like, we need to call like animal control. <laughs> and so literally they they called like this, I don't know who it was, but someone like animal control people come up. They get this big, this pig is so fat, Mike. It's like over 400 pounds. When it's walking up this ramp, it be- like bends the ramp that's walking up to get into this truck. Oh my God. So we eventually get into the house and this guy was living with like this pig, this shit in the living room. Oh my like, God. Like there was almost two inches of shit. Or I should say poop, I'm sorry. Uh, you can swear in here, it's fine. Yeah, like in this living room. So I, this was near the beginning of our investing journey. So we're like, we this was the first like eye opener. Like, I can't believe people actually yeah. live this way, right? And, but I mean, to draw to conclusion to that, we eventually just 
sold it to another investor for yeah. like a $10,000 profit. Nice. You know, so there you go. We didn't have to deal with the cleanup or anything like that. We were just responsible for basically getting the squatter out of the property. Yeah. I mean, you can make good money doing exactly that though, right? So, and so he was, he was like literally like living in the house with the pig. Right. When is it? Right. What was this tenant? Like, um, I mean, I'm pretty sure there were drugs involved. Man. There has like, to be. Yeah. Like it very much like he obviously didn't work, didn't pay rent, just squatted in the house. And I don't even know how he got the pig. I don't know the backstory there, but it was a true introduction to off-market real estate. Yeah. I mean, and the funny thing is, is you do this business, even for not that long, you'll start to see stuff like that. Right. I mean, it's inevitable. It's, I mean, if you own rental properties too, I'm sure you've had this experience where you go in and you walk into like a rental property and you're like, your tenants like, what the hell's wrong with you? Like, this is my property right. and you live like this? Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the longer you're in this, I keep telling myself, like, I'm not going to be surprised by anything, but then something always comes up. It's like, well, haven't seen that before. Yeah, for sure. It's funny. I've been through so many houses like that. And for some reason, this is the one that that sticks out to me. It's not nearly as severe as that. And I've been, I've been in houses that are kind of similar to that, but I walked this house and the, um, seller told us that the tenants were out of town and were going to be out of town for two weeks and they had left the day before. And he let us know, he's like, just so you know, that we have to, going to have a light, slightly longer closing so they can get back and, you know, clean up their stuff because you're out of town for two weeks. We walked into the house and their kitchen, they had like an entire day's worth of dishes that were just sitting uncleaned, just all over the counter. And the thing that stuck with me, I don't know why this stuck with me so much. There was two cookie sheets, one of them that had chicken nuggets, the other one that had broccoli that they had just set up on the counter and just evaporated. Like they had just left with like open food that hadn't even been yeah. eaten just for two weeks. And I was like, disgusting. Oh, yeah. But, and you did, and you wonder like, when you see these people out on the street, like your grocery store, it makes you wonder about people just in general. Like it makes you wonder about the general population at large when oh, you see some of this stuff. Dude, it's, it's outrageous. So awesome. So our last result is, our last question is typically the end result, but it sounds like you sold this one for $10,000. Did you like put it on the market or did you just like find someone off market? No, it was uh, another investor that was interested, but he was, I'd categorize him more seasoned. Okay. He also didn't want to deal with like the squatter, the eviction, but mm -hmm. he was more than happy to take on the rehab. Like he had his own rehab crew, et cetera. And I don't know what he ended up making, but I'm pretty sure it was a decent spread. Yeah, I'm sure he did pretty well, especially with that much upside. I mean, you know, the house is in like the worst possible condition. You can squeeze something out of that. Yeah, and it was like 800 square foot house, yeah. right? So it's not like it's going to be a whole like major re even a major remodel is not as expensive as it could be. Yeah. Do you think that if, like, I guess you said that was one of your early deals, would you approach it differently now as a more seasoned investor? Good question. Right now, I would have had the confidence to probably flip it ourselves. Yeah. Right. I didn't have the the team of people or subs that I could call on now that I did then. Or I guess capital in the account. So a $10,000 check at that point in time was it's huge. Yeah, it was big. It was more of a proof of concept too. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah, I mean, Thinking if I was in a situation now, I probably would just buy it and then list it on the market for like 50 or 60 as like, you know, for a MLS flipper to come in like way overpay for it because they're desperate. They don't have any yeah, options. Yeah, could have done that too. Yeah. Yeah, so, definitely a good option. Awesome. Cool. Well, Dale, man, I appreciate you sharing your story today. Where can people reach out to you or follow you if I can do so? Instagram is right at this place. Just type in my name, Twitter, Facebook. I'm on all social media and you should be able to find me. Cool. And that's Dylan, K-O-C-H got it right this yeah. time. But uh, awesome, guys. We'll go and give Dylan a follow. He is doing some great stuff and he is a core member of our Instant Investor Mastermind program. 
So you should uh, hit him up and he will tell you how great we are. And then maybe you can join in as well. So anyways, guys, thanks for listening. If you have a story of your own that you'd like to share, hit me up on Instagram at Mike underscore invest and maybe we can have you come on and do a deal case study. And besides that, we appreciate you all. We'll talk to you all next week. Thanks for listening to this Collecting Keys Friday Focus. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts.